America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guest on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azara Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar, the number four, children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azara Foundation. Are you in need of a tech service company that's going to deliver the best solutions for your business? Then Atchanica is your solutions headquarters. Here we specialize in your individual needs to make sure your business shines. For more information, please call 301-417-0070 or visit us at our website at atchanica.net. Atchanica, where we deliver for you. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you, regain strength, power, and peace. My name is Rebecca L. Norrington, and I am the author of Reality Spirituality, The Truth About Happiness, and I have a secret. I listen to America Meditating Radio Show. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518-589-5000. Ashe, ashe, my life is a good life. Ashe, ashe, my life is good.
Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. And that was our friends at Agape in California, Ricky Byers Beckwith and also Michael Beckwith. Did everyone see Michael who shaved off his locks? Oh my gosh, he looks so handsome. He looks amazing. And I can only imagine the the newness in his spirit and the the feelings that he must be going through. Because when you, you know, your hair gives you a lot of identity and it also promotes also your personal capacity of power. And then when that's gone, it's like, where do you come from in terms of your own powers? Then you have to even dig even deeper. I know that in Indian culture, if a woman cuts her hair too short, it's usually known as a sign of her being conquered or she's lost her powers, you know. And so you might see a lot of Indian women with long hairs or spiritual symbolism of um, her holding her grounds. So we are always happy when you can join us on the air because we show up because we're learning so much about who we are and what we are. And the guests on our show are always such priceless contributors to illuminating our humanity because our humanity is in need of illumination. How many of you watched the presidential debate? As usual, Donald is Donald and Hillary is Hillary. And so with that said, I think our choices are of our own. And again, really, I'm supporting and sending good wishes to both individuals. And yet, I still have the right and the power to basically speak despite party lines, who I thought was extremely a beautiful representation of America and of and for the world. And I give a two thumbs up to Hillary Clinton. She maintained her decorum. She was very respectful, mannerable. She held wisdom, facts, and conveyed the message clearly that we really could understand. And I think for those of us who are into just generic conversation, oh, I'm going to make this really big, really, you're going to get so much, like how? Tell me, what's the next step? You know, so I think that was very clear. So let's just see how it all continues. That was the first of many debates. So we're going to see how that was impacted, who bit the bait. But I did start a new Instagram. I can't believe it. I have no personal social media links anywhere. I mean, it's either the radio show or the museum or my Huffington Post page or work that I'm doing, but not anything that would say Sister Jenna. So despite all of my efforts, my dear friends all around the world, I now have a new Instagram account. And I don't even know how to use it. This morning, Santosh told me to post something on Instagram. It took me like half an hour to find how do I even write this. <laughs> so you can now go to Sister Jenna, America Meditating, to Instagram and feel free to join me on my journey. I think we would love to be able to communicate. And I'm still acclimating myself to the languaging and to the expression of this portal, which is quite interesting to me. So just looking forward to seeing how that's going to be unfolding for me. So thank you all for your support along the way. Meditate the Vote is moving, and we are approaching November 8th. We are going to be in some universities, and so we're going to want to look at what the millennials are actually thinking and feeling regarding this current political campaign, and I think that it's quite intriguing for us to really hold ourselves in check and try to build ourselves as much as we can. Whoever goes into office, whether it'll be Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, let's make ourselves stronger. Let's make ourselves the best that it can be. So hold the line. We're going to have an extremely special guest on the air. We're going to be interviewing and having a chit-chat with 
Marty. Mm-hmm. Marty Brownstein is an author and is doing some good work and story of courage in the Holocaust. And we're going to talk with Marty shortly. But before I get Marty on the air, Sister Gita, are you in the studio? Do you have something that you can offer our listeners that can lift their spirits so high that they will never come down? Good morning, Sister Jenna. Good morning. Today there's nowhere I'd rather be than here and occasionally back to my silent home of rest. Taken from the book authored by Daddy Janke, Companion of God, and she talks about courage. I used to think I had courage by doing the wildest things in life. Now I understand that was foolhardiness, not courage. So let me read what courage is. Courage. To remain true to myself in today's artificial world, this is not a small thing, my brothers. However, the very purpose of a spiritual study is to restore our courage, the courage to stand for what I believe in. My original true nature is of peace and divinity. To experience this is to be convinced of the absolute value of my intrinsic worth. I can therefore face any opposition with the strength of that conviction. Many people have difficulty believing in their higher self. Others simply no longer believe in the future. Self-realization removes doubts. My original nature is peace, purity, love, joy, strength, truth, contentment. I am not a slave to my personality trait. These are all acquired. I am their creator, am a spectator as well as an actor in the drama of life. Whatever is happening to me at this specific moment is beneficial. As I incorporate these truths into my life, my courage will never fail me. We are courageous beings. Om Shanti. Remember the lion, Sister Jenna, on The Wizard of Oz? Sure did. Okay. Thank you so much for that. So let's take a deep breath and enjoy meditation by Sister Genti on what it means to be soul aware. Breathe in deeply. Experimenting with these exercises, one is able to discover the sweetness and the beauty that lies in knowing the self. The more I know myself, the more I'm able to maintain the awareness of my true identity and move away from all the different compartments and limitations that I have imposed on myself. The image that we generally have of ourselves is a fairly negative one but that's simply because we don't know who we are. And so we allow external influences 
to restrict our thinking and put us into boxes and create bondages and feel the pain of those bondages. Meditation is the method of liberation, of becoming free from the false impositions that I have created for myself and I have accepted in terms of what the world has imposed. It is important to experiment with these ideas, sitting quietly, in solitude, in silence within. However, it is equally important to experiment with these concepts during our day-to-day activity. Having had a glimpse of the identity of the self, then, when it's time to leave my little corner of meditation and move into the world outside, I must learn to maintain this awareness of being a point of light, using the physical instrument to look out into the world, using the lips to express my thoughts and ideas, to communicate with others, being the master, listening to the information that I receive, but being the master, deciding, discerning what it is which has value, what it is that will enhance my own awareness, retaining that information, communicating that information, but also being able to filter out that which will pollute my mind, that which will cause my feelings to become corrupt, so that I maintain the integrity of this experience of eternal consciousness. Both things are aligned together, my time in silence, experiencing the eternity of the self, but using this awareness in my day-to-day activity. If through the day I maintain this awareness, then whenever there is a moment at which actions can finish, I could turn inwards and come to the state of Om Shanti and the awareness of Om Shanti, the awareness of peace, is also then expressed through the work that I do during the day. Om Shanti. I just love how Sister Jedi puts our minds and our feelings at ease. That was so aware from her meditation CD. You're listening to America Meditating Radio, and we are now very proud to welcome our guest. Marty Brownstein is our special guest for today, and she brings us a true interfaith story of courage, compassion, and rescue. 
It is conveyed through his book, Two Among the Righteous Few, a story of courage in the Holocaust. Speaker and author Marty Brownstein has been on quite a journey now into its sixth year of sharing this special story in a wide variety of venues and cities. Marty previously ran a management and consulting firm for 25 years, helping clients with issues of leadership and organizational effectiveness. And through this work, he wrote eight books related to business management, from contributing authors to sole author. His ninth book, which we will discuss today, is quite different and special, because it has brought Marty back to his early career, when he was an educator who taught history, including the Holocaust. Marty also has a meaningful personal connection to the story, and its heroes. And today, we'd like to welcome Marty to America Meditating Radio. Welcome, Marty. Thank you very much for having me on. I understand that your book, Two Among the Righteous Few, is based on a real-life story. Can you let our listeners and myself know a little bit more about how the story emerged and the significance of the title? Certainly. The story itself is a true story of rescue about this Dutch Christian couple named Franz and Mien Weinacker. And during World War II, when the Netherlands was under the brutal occupation of Nazi Germany, contrary to popular belief, most weren't going to get involved to do anything and help. They did, and in the end, they saved the lives of over two dozen Jews from certain death. So quite miraculous that they never even got caught, and a lot of challenges and dangers that they went through. But in the end, they pulled it out. And now your other part of that question, if I can add, about the title itself, because the key word in the title is righteous. And that comes from Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, Israel, and the designation term righteous among the nations. And that's the honor that goes to the non-Jews who, during the course of the Holocaust, risked their own lives to try to help save the lives of Jews. You know, the title's not too among the righteous, many. Not a lot wow. did this. And people are familiar, like Oscar Schindler, he is one of the righteous. Well, Franz and Mien Weinacker are also among that select company. Well, it must have been scary because when you're trying to rescue someone else, it could be also that you could end up getting in trouble. So, Absolutely. You know, it is right. It's so brave. I mean, I have to tell you stories where sometimes I could just walk into a venue because I'm by myself and I'm just covered by light and I know how to get in, right? And no one, mm-hmm. no one bothers me. Then I bring two or three or four friends and they're like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't go there. Go in line. And I'm just like, why do I do this? Why do I keep including and helping everyone? And nobody has that same spirit that, you know, they could feel like they could just pass through. So when you're in such a situation and you're saying, I don't care, I need to help my friends, it's huge. You know, what Franz and Mean were doing in their special work was both risky and dangerous. And I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit more about that, because I think maybe we even need to know about those techniques even in these times. Well, yes, uh, because... When Nazi Germany was controlling most of Europe, they basically had a simple law. You don't help the people we're after, especially Jews who were number one on the list of targets to capture and murder. And if you did get involved and you do get caught, and it only takes one person to betray you, uh, you get to go to the concentration camps where we're sending them, so death is awaiting you. And on top of that, Franz and Mien at this time period had four small children of their own under the age of five when they began in this. So not only are they putting themselves at risk, obviously their, their children are put at risk. And yet they thought that the only thing you should do was try to help those in need, and they did. Fantastic. I want more people like that in the world. Absolutely. Right? In the book's dedication, you had mentioned that Franz and Mien had directly and say, to your selfless acts of courage, I'm eternally grateful. Right? And I so wish, Marty, that there were more of us like this in the world. It's like we're getting so much more 
focused on just I, me, and mine. Do you get that? Yes. Theory? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And well, let me address basically two things you're asking there. I'll take them one at a time. Yeah. We'll go sure. to the the quote that you uh, mentioned there because that deals with my meaningful personal connection to the story and its heroes, as you mentioned in the introduction as well. So spoiler alert to your listeners, because I've been on this journey now well into its sixth year, and I do storytelling presentations, 500 events and counting. Audience only knows going in, because most of the time they haven't read the book coming in, that I have this meaningful personal connection, and we don't reveal it to the end. So everyone, you know, hold your ears here for a moment. But to your question about that, that's what that gets at. You see, among the many dangers and challenges that Franz and Mean faced. Probably one of the biggest and most impossible was they started with three children, and then they took this young married couple into hiding in their home who were able to sneak out of Amsterdam in the fall of 1943. Well, when this young married couple arrived, the wife was already pregnant, and that's near impossible. You can't take her to the local hospital and have this Jewish woman give birth there. The, the authorities will know that off to the death camp. And so they didn't have to do anything about it. They could have maybe made arrangements to send her away through the underground group. They decided they would take it on, and in brief, they performed a miracle, got the baby born, kept her and her parents safe through the end of the war. Nearly 10 years ago, I married that baby. Oh, wow. Leah Bars is my wife. And so, obviously, there's a deep connection here. And the Beinocker siblings, unfortunately, I didn't meet Franz and Mean are alive today. You know, they're not alive, but their kids are, and they supported me doing this story about their parents because they're very proud of them. And so, and to the other part of what you were raising, a very good point. You know, what's been interesting on the journey and what keeps it going is audience response. And as an example of this, I was in Chicago. You know, I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I take the story elsewhere at times. And last July, I was in Chicago speaking at a church. And the pastor, in introducing me, said this, you know, we see growing divisiveness in our country. We see growing extremism around the world. We need to be reminded of the good in people and the values that people can have of care and respect. Tonight, we bring you a story that emphasizes that. Mm -hmm. And that's what people have been inspired by as they hear this story, as you're picking up very well, that we need Mm -hmm. to be reminded there is the good that we all should be learning from. Well, you know, due to audience encouragement, the journey has developed another aspect, right? Getting a feature film made, and I'd love to hear about it. You must be so excited and also a little nervous. Uh, Very (laughs) nervous. You know, we're not there yet. Uh, I've been fortunate to have, uh, over a little over a year ago, met a filmmaker, producer named Christopher Broughton, his independent filmmaking company is called Moxie Motion Pictures. And he's looking for stories that you can take your family to, stories that have positive values, that people of faith to just people of just good integrity would want to come see. And when he learned about this story and he read the book, he said, I'd like to take this on and make it happen for you. So he's working hard now to try to pull in the funding because that's where it all starts. So, you know, keep your fingers crossed that he can. he's hoping in the next few months that will pull together that potentially, if it does, we're probably going to maybe have something within a year from there, maybe by end of 2017. We'll see. You know, keep, I always say keep your fingers crossed to your point. Yeah, excited but nervous at the same time. Uh-huh. But I know when we talk about when it comes up in audiences, people often, I was just on a, got a lucky to here in the Bay Area on a morning news show they talked, and that was the, one of the things that the interviewer asked. Wouldn't this make a great feature film? Yes, it would if we can get it done. Oh, wow, I love that. I love that. Fantastic. Well, congratulations and good luck with that as we move into that. We have talked about the remarkable impact that an individual can have on the lives of others. So I would like to ask, what is your best vision for yourself that would make the world a better place? Well, I think if people could learn, and this is what I'm experiencing with this story, 
the lessons this story teaches for our lives today. I always say take away the life and death aspects. And in some groups we get into this discussion. What can you take from the story and apply in your lives? And this is what I hear from people when they really begin to think and reflect on that. The idea that you just respect is just a consistent behavior practice. The idea that you follow through and do what you said you're going to do. The idea that you serve your customers well. We take this into workplaces. And it makes for a great discussion about ethics, doing the right thing, doing what's right in business. And I think if you see those kinds of things applied and the idea that helping others is a good thing to do, you can care about others even beyond yourself. And that's a pill if I could give to people, I'd be having them take it all the time to make it their behavior. Those things that people are taking away say, yes, in my vision of where this could go and the impact like that, if I'm hearing people take this from the story, be inspired and want to do things like that, we all gain. So true. I love that. Where can we find more information about you and your work? My website is www.martyabrownstein.com, and Brownstein is B-R-O-U-N-S-T-E-I-N. And certainly the book is available through there, through Amazon.com, and through my publisher, Tate Publishing. You can just go to tatepublishing.com, and those things, uh, certainly when you go to my website, you'll see where I'm headed for speaking efforts and travels. Uh, We post things about a month in advance, but next uh, winter we'll be in the Phoenix area, and then next May and June, Twin Cities for the first time in May and early June into Chicago. As we continue with this journey and people are being encouraging to say, thank you, keep sharing it. Thank you so much, Marty. All the very best and many blessings. Thank you very much, Sister Jenna. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a beautiful story, huh? You see how things can unfold without us even knowing that we are actually in charge. Sometimes we think we're in charge, but let me tell you, destiny and trauma has got so much a hold of all of this. I hope you've enjoyed my discussion with Marty Brownstein, and do visit him at his website at Marty A. Brownstein, B-R-O-U-N-S-T-I-N.com, and I hope I did Good job on that. Hey, remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's do that a little bit more now, please. Here's a song, Look for the Light. And we're going to keep doing that as we go beyond. Take care. Bye, Bliss. Wherever there is darkness,